Welcome to the REI Mastermind Network, where host Jack Haas gathers amazing stories from leaders in real estate investing. In each episode, our guests will tell you what they're doing that works, what they've tried that failed, and best of all, you'll learn actionable steps to take your real estate investing to the next level. Now, here's Jack with another value-packed episode. We have Matthew Ablikin on with us here tonight. Matthew, I really appreciate your time. And uh, for everybody, uh, Matthew's giving away a free ebook. So head over to financialfreedomclub.ca slash ebook. Fill out that little form there and get a hold of that. Um, I really, really appreciate it, Matthew. That's that's a lot of value you're giving uh, right off the bat. So again, it is financialfreedomclub.ca slash ebook. And I'll make sure to have that link in the show notes. So make it clickable, easy for you to find. So thanks for joining me here tonight, Matthew. Thank you, Jack. I appreciate it. And thanks for having us. It's great what you're doing, providing a lot of content value for your listeners. So I'm glad to be a, a part of that. Yeah, I, I really appreciate this. It's, it's kind of an interesting story you have going on here. And and I usually don't spend a lot of time with people's backgrounds because I got to be honest, you know, you've probably told that story a billion times over. But um, this one, I, I think, is always kind of interesting because everybody's path to real estate investing is a little different. But you started relatively young with this business mindset with Pokemon trading and Janspack, Janspack, I, I, I can't Jansport. say Jansport <laughs> backpacks and, and a few other things. So there was a, there was this kind of entrepreneurial mindset for you at a very early age. Yeah. And, you know, I think a lot of it, as I've done more reflecting and more uh, personal development, self-development, I think I kind of realized subconsciously my parents built that into me. My parents are both immigrants from the Middle East. They left a socialist, communist, totalitarian government to come here for a better life. Um, and they had myself and they had my brother. We're the first people born out of our entire group of families um, in Canada. So it's a big deal. We're we're pioneering the way, but you know our problems are not the problems they face. So they're, they're different challenges. But growing up, my parents always had a business, whether it was a coffee shop or like a convenience store. And then for the last 25 years, they settled on one convenience store that's helped them pay for their bills and put us through you know school and things like that. Now, they never paid for my tuition, but they never forced us to work to pay for their bills. So it, it was a it was a blessing. And subconsciously, on the weekends, when we were in like grade two and three and four, we would go to cash and carry. I don't know if you have them in, in the States, but cash and carry MVRs, wholesalers, where for a lot of small business owners, they'd go there and buy in bulk, and then they would sell it for a profit. So Saturdays consisted of that was the day we would set up the, the store for the week. And after we were done helping our parents, my brother and I and our parents would go to Chuck E. Cheese's or something and, and have fun. So I, we very much learned those um, principles of, you know, buy low, sell high and negotiating and things like that. But we were young. We didn't know what we were doing. And we were buying the Pokemon cards when we'd go to these places. They'd sell them in the big, the, the big boxes. So we would buy those and, and try to sell them for a profit. But it, I attribute a lot of that to, to my parents and my upbringing. So what was the path that led you to real estate investing? Well, in high school, I like you mentioned, I was selling backpacks. I was selling hair straighteners, espresso machines, uh, dog tags, whatever. Whatever was making money and, and was trending at the time. Um, and then when I was in university, I kind of had that 
light bulb moment where I said, you know, I want to be somebody who's putting my money to work and, and landlords make money while they sleep. So this whole concept of making money while you sleep and having your money work for, uh, for other monies, it kind of made sense to me. It's like, okay, you're going to send your money out. Like Kevin O'Leary says, it's war. You send your money out. They're little soldiers and they come back with more soldiers. They hold them captive. And, and that's kind of the mindset that I started developing at a young age in university. And I thought real estate was the way to go because it was more secure. It didn't require that much more capital uh, compared to like stocks and mutual funds and things like that. Um, I needed the money. I'm just going to be real with you. For those listening, I needed the money. Um, we have no financial backing, nothing to fall back on. Uh, so it's either you're going to do it or you're not, and, and you're going to starve or whatever the case may be. And I still operate with that mindset. I'm 30 years old now, and we're, we're working seven days a week, 365. And I operate with that mindset. My back's against the wall. If I don't do it, no one's going to do it for me. And it's still it's still true today. So that's that's how I got into real estate. It was easy to get into. Um, you guys are in Chicago, right? Actually, I'm near Fargo, North Dakota. North Dakota. So I'm not too familiar with that market in terms of pre-construction and, and brand new real estate. But here in Ontario, in Canada, there's so much political red tape and scrutiny with the uh, on the municipal level, the township level, where like for a project to be fully constructed, even if it's like a small four-story condominium, it takes at least four years from, you know, shoveling, the putting a shovel in the ground and then constructing it. And then there's so much more lead time from a developer's end to, to get that project going. So there's a lot of flexibility here, a lot of wiggle room, flexible payment plans, and you don't need a mortgage until the thing is built. So at a young age, at 19 years old, I was able to buy my first pre-construction condo here. I still own it today because I had a flexible payment plan. I used part of my student loan at the time to pay for that. And then I got into the career of real estate sales, which allowed me just to keep growing and, and grow my business. Yeah. Wow. Not a lot of people you're that at that age would have thought about using part of their student loan to buy a rental property or or a property for that matter. I need I needed to. I had no other money, <laughs> so I had no choice. I had I was working two jobs actually. One was an American company, Johnny Rockets. I don't know if you guys have that where you're from. But yeah, I've I've heard of it. So we had we had four locations here. I was working at one. And I was working at a, a bar as well at the same time in the same location just so that I could pay for tuition and stuff. And, you know, when you when they give you a student loan, there's a, there's a whole other conversation about that and student debt and things like that. But when they give mm-hmm. you a student loan, you know, they're not teaching you how to budget. They don't teach us this stuff in school. And your my, my tuition costed me six grand, but I had every year they'd give me 10. So... Sure. You know, I, I wasn't the type that would go blow my brains out at a club or or buy expensive things. I, I'd bus it to school and or, or take my parents' car if I could, and I would save that money. So I had that money saved along with monies I earned from the restaurant and the bar. And together, I was able to pay my first five percent installment to the builder, which was only fifteen grand at the time. And then I was able to generate commissions because I ended up getting into real estate sales shortly thereafter. Sure. So, yeah, well, one, one of the things that I wanted to ask you about as well is that your primary company's name is Millennials Choice, right? That's right. It's like, a group of companies. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's a group of companies. Why did you come up with that name? So after 
finding success in real estate sales, all I was doing, if there's anybody aspiring to be a realtor, I was just showing my clients what I was buying and what I was doing and, and whoever was on board was on board. So after finding success a few years later, um, it was 2016, the start of 2016, I wanted to, to now take that next step, whether that was going to be launching my own brokerage um, or my own brand. I wanted to do that. And I never wanted to name it after myself. I, a lot of real estate brokers here, they name their, their companies after themselves. Um, but that's, I feel, I feel that's limiting. It works for them, but it, it just wasn't for me. And I said, I got to build something that's bigger than, than Matthew Ablican or, or my brother, Danny, or whatever the case may be. And also like, if you think about it, Jack, like if you guys go to Starbucks or, or you buy a pair of Nike, like you pay, you pay more because of the brand and what it stands for and everything they've built and all the goodwill. So I wanted to build a brand myself. And that's millennials. The word millennials came from, uh, I locked myself in a room for like three days trying to figure it out. And I came up with all kinds of variations. And sometimes the domains weren't available or something wasn't available. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of scrapped it on the third day. I said, forget it. I just wanted to just, you know, go back to my normal routine. And then I, I, I kind of learned something in teacher's college here in university where, where teachers use the backwards approach to help students throughout the year. And what that means is typically at the end of the year in high school, you have this, this culminating project from everything you've learned from the start of the year to the end, and they assess you on that project. And so they, they give you the project though at the very beginning of the year. So you could start thinking about it. And I took that approach. So I used the backwards approach. Who's going to be my target audience Obviously, we're not going to discriminate based on age, but, you know, we, we are millennials and we're going to be better able to relate to millennials and they're going to be able to relate to us and their needs and all that fun stuff. So millennials was the keyword. And then I wanted to brand everything the same. So millennials choice realty, millennials choice mortgages, millennials choice insurance. And a lot of people told me, don't do that. If one fails, you're going to tarnish the other ones. And I said, I'm not, I'm not going to fail. Like if I fail, the whole thing is going to go down. And then I just couldn't figure out like the link. It was millennials and whatever. And I didn't have that link choice. And uh, to be fully transparent, I was watching uh, the news and, and uh, an ad came up for president's choice. I said, that's a great idea. Millennials choice. And it was born. Yeah. Well, cool. So, you know, you, you're, uh, you got the financial freedom club. And you're giving away that ebook. And I'm going to, again, remind everybody, financialfreedomclub.ca slash ebook. And, and Matthew's holding it up. If you check out the YouTube channel, uh, you'll see it there as well. Matthew, you mentioned on, in there that you have six steps towards financial freedom. Would you mind like summarizing a few of those? Yeah. So first of all, it starts, and I'm sure you've, you've spoken to your audience about this and your past guests have. It's all about the mindset and, and just deciding, okay. This is something I want to do. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be hard, but I'm going to do it and I'll figure it out. And when there's times that are challenging or whatever the case may be, it, it is what it is. I'm going to persevere and go through that. And then you get into really, once you develop the mindset, all of a sudden your doors start opening and, and the things that were there that you maybe didn't see before you start to see and you start meeting people like Jack, you start meeting people like Matthew, you start meeting people that are in the space that have done what you're trying to do, and then you partner with them. And that doesn't mean you need to buy a property with them. That just means that you're going to start going to the right people to basically build a team of people around you that are going to be able to help you. So your team should always consist of 
good realtors that deal with investing in real estate, mortgage brokers, lawyers, accountants, whoever needs to be part of that team to make it happen. Uh, property management, if that's if that's the goal, if, if you're buying apartments or you're buying rental properties. Um, so you build your team. And then as you grow and you learn and you make those mistakes, you learn from other people, you start finding your niche and what you want to specialize in. It's going to, it's going to blossom into something that's beautiful. And I've been doing it for 10 years now. I still consider myself very, very young, not, not age wise, but in the game, I obviously age wise. Yeah. 30, 30 years is young, but in the game, I consider myself very young. And, and now the portfolio consists of, you know, that first pre-construction condo, We've got 24 different units, not not doors. It's more doors, but 24 different properties, a mix of commercial retail properties, a mix of land, raw land, a mix of multifamily, mix of condominiums, a mix of single family. So it's a good mix of everything. And I'm excited about what the next 10 years hold. But really, that's where it starts. It's the mindset and, and having the right attitude and building the right team of people around you. Sure. Well, you know, it sounded like, you know, initially you were surrounded by your parents and they've kind of instilled this mindset in you to be the, be an entrepreneur. Uh, what do you think people need to do now to get in the proper mindset? Is there any strategies or tactics that you would recommend people uh, so, do on a regular basis? Yeah. So interestingly enough, on that point with my parents, they never wanted me to get into real estate. They never wanted me to buy that first property. I, I kind of bought it, not in spite of them, but I bought it without telling them. They did it. They had no idea because they discouraged me from buying a different opportunity prior to that. And so I kind of just had to understand where they were coming from. They want the best for me. They've lost everything back home just to run to come to this country. And they they wanted not they didn't want me to lose anything. So so I had to understand mm-hmm. that. And I'm glad I did at a young age and I removed that barrier. So I think today, obviously, for those of you that are listening to this or watching this who are, are faced with opposition from the people closest to you. Usually that's where it comes from first. You got to just put that aside. Don't even tell people your plans. Just just do it and show them. Build it and they will come, right? And with regards to this market and this current environment that we're living in, even if you're in the States or if you're in Canada, you know, don't depend on your government to, to save you. Don't depend on somebody else to come around and save you with stimulus checks and all that. In Canada... They, they gave us the stimulus and now they want it back and they want it with tax dollars on top of that. So they, they gave us stimulus with tax dollars. Now they're taxing the tax dollars. <laughs> it's ridiculous. So don't depend on your government. Um, don't, don't compare yourself to other people. That's kind of one thing I would, I would suggest, especially if you're starting out. You know, Don't compare yourself to the Grant Cardone of the world, billions under asset management, and, and they have 10,000 units. That's not, that's not for everybody. And you got to just find your own path. Could be one property, could be five, could be 10, 100, 1,000, whatever. But just focus on yourself and your own growth. And then the third thing I would say is commit to your own personal development because I can't tell you how many times. Just today I've had three or four different experiences with different people. And I was telling my wife, I said, you see the at- you, do you hear the attitude? You can hear the attitude in their tone. And this is why those people are going to be unsuccessful. And this is why these other people are going to be successful. So commit to your personal development and growth, I would say is very, very important. Yeah. You know, you, when you were talking about the, you had your little government rant there. Um, it reminded me of a quote I heard a long time ago. Like the scariest thing to a person's ears is, is a government, government official showing up saying they're here to help. 
Oh yeah. You know, the government is, is, is there to do certain things and it's great. And you know, it's, it's not going to be perfect. Nothing is perfect. All I'm saying is that that's not your number one. That's not who you make your number one and you don't depend on them. You cannot depend on them. That's not uh that should not be in your mindset and stop watching the news. I would say that too. <laughs> yeah. Well, that will, you don't get me started. So yeah. anyway, so, you know, one of the things here is that we try to learn from each other's mistakes and I'd like to understand, you know, since you've been in real estate investing, would you mind sharing a, probably your biggest mistake and what you learned from it? Yeah. Um, I made somebody that shouldn't have been my mentor. I made him my mentor. Chose, chose him as my mentor. He, I didn't realize what he was doing at the time because because you have to remember I got license. I bought my first property in 19 and I was licensed at 19, and I was with one company for six or seven years, and I produced every single year. I was a I was a heavy hitter and I still am and I'm growing it. But there was a lot of mutual respect and things like that. But this guy was not a good mentor and. Whenever I'd approach him with a particular deal that I thought would be a great deal, I saw the vision for it and he would shut it down. He would just completely shut it down. And again, I don't come from a family of resources. A lot of the stuff I've built is because of that old saying, if the door does not open, create the door. If the door is not there, create it. And that's what I was doing. And I said no to a lot of opportunities that I should not have said no to. And I passed, I left a lot of money on the table, passed up on a lot of opportunities. And I said no, because of my own fear, my lack of confidence, uh, and my, my willingness to trust and listen to somebody who did not have my best interest at heart. So I would mm-hmm. say that would be the biggest one. Um, one of the biggest mistakes people make is, is trusting the wrong people and aligning yourself with the wrong people. Was it just that he had a different mindset as yours or what, what, what was the, could have been a number of things. It could have been he just wanted to keep his. Uh, he wanted. He didn't want to see me succeed early on, earlier than he did. Um, could have been a number of reasons. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just the way he is with everybody. Maybe it's not even a personal thing. Um, but I'll give you an example. There's a pro- a big project happening in Ontario right now. It's, it's thirty thousand residences. It's it's not going to all come at once. It's it's a long term project, but. Major, major development. Everybody's excited for it. The lands that were purchased were farmlands. And if you need to change the zoning from whatever it is to the zoning that you desire, everybody knows that changing farmland is extremely difficult to do. And farming is extremely important. It's, it's one of our backbones in our societies. Mm-hmm. I get it. So I showed this, this mentor, the old mentor of mine, some of this farmland because you could get at the time – it's like 50 acres, 40 acres, pick it up for 600K Canadian, 900K Canadian. It was dirt cheap. So I'd say, hey, so-and-so, isn't this a good deal? Can't we you know, work on this and convert it into the zoning? He bashed it down. He, he, he's no way, blah, blah, blah. And rather than kind of seeing the vision and figuring it out, which is what excites me, I said, okay, I'll take your word for it. So I didn't, I didn't even bother looking at it. This developer smart developer bought all the farmland got the zoning changed and bought that farmland for next to nothing and is now getting 30,000 residences on there that's yeah. wow. that's that's uh baller status that's that's big time 
And so a lot of bad advice, not only on that, that's one occasion, but that's one example. Um, a lot of bad advice. And, and I regret that. I, I do regret it. But the good thing is you learn from it. Yeah. Well, you know, that's especially interesting. You know, it, it's about that mindset again. You were trying to, re, you were relying on a mentor and we, we suggest a lot of people getting mentors and I'm sure, you know, if they head over to your financial freedom club, I mean, that's really what you're providing, right? It's a little mentorship for people. The trick there is, is starting to kind of, eventually you need to start to trust your own gut and, and have the being strong enough to, to tackle it. Do you, do you find that there's, there's something there that you learned like when, when to trust your, your gut versus, yeah, that? because we've got to listen to those people around us too. I mean, that's why we surround us with some, with some of that expertise. Yeah. So I'll be very honest with you. I felt like last year, 29 years old, I, I feel like I it everything, mind, body, soul clicked. And, uh, I, I, I just, I feel, I feel unstoppable in that sense. And, um, that doesn't mean you're not going to make mistakes. It doesn't mean you'll fail. It just means I'm more willing to do so. And right. yeah, it, it came to a point where I said, and I'm thankful for the people that have come across my way, my journey, and and I've learned from everybody, good and bad, and what not to do and what to do, equally important. And so, someone came my way early on, like at 27, 28, I started learning from them just indirectly, uh, not so formal. And to be very honest, Jack, I just said, if they can do it, I mean, I, I'm way smart. I'm a hundred times smarter than them. Why? Why am I not doing it? They're just playing bigger than me, mm-hmm. and that—that's what how everything clicked. The confidence is there, and I'm just confident in my ability. And I'm okay. I'm okay if I fail. I, I'm not scared to fail anymore. That—that that was something. And all the the deals I've done, everything I've bought uh, prior to 2019, have been conservative choices, very calculated moves, and. I just didn't want to take any more chance than I already did at a young age because I had no financial backing. I was very afraid. I can't run to mommy and daddy or un- rich uncle. Can't do any of that stuff. Now it's okay. Now, now if it all had to go under, it goes under and I start again. Like that's the confidence level I'm, I'm operating with. Sure. Well, what, what about uh, your current, what are you working on right now? Ooh, lots of things, lots of exciting things. Um, so I'm working on a few things uh, on the development side uh, of the world, and I got some things that that I have plans for. I, I'm basically, in a nutshell, I'm taking my portfolio, and especially the older the older properties. And there's that there's that old uh, concept of pyramiding, right? And and I'm taking these old properties now, and I'm I'm figuring out ways to not leverage them because because we always leverage every single year, but figuring out a way to now shift into the multifamily space in a bigger way. Not, not the, not the triplex, fourplex, five, six, not, not that side. I, I, I want to, I'm going to get into the apartment building side of things. And, and so I'm working on that. Millennials choice is doing fantastic. The real estate brokerage is doing amazing. We, we had our best every year has been getting better and better. And we had our best two years, these last two years. Um, we're extremely busy with that. I'm building a team. I'm, I'm very excited about that aspect of it. Um, and also, we want to stay true to financial literacy. Uh, my background's in teaching. We go into the schools for free. We educate the students, try to do it once a week when schools are, are, are in session, classes in session. And we're building something on the financial literacy side of things, an app in particular that's going to be like 
an app you haven't seen before in, in financial literacy. So not so much resourceful, but more impactful with respects to the users and how they're going to be able to interact with each other. So we're very excited about that. Well, that's really commendable. Like having doing going into the schools like that. I I never even even when I was younger, we never had anybody come in to to just kind of provide some of that information. And in fact, in in the United States anyway, I I see it less and less. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Here we don't have any of that stuff. Um, they just introduced mortgages into the curriculum here in Ontario, and and for certain grades and. It's very, very theoretical. It's they don't teach you how to leverage. How can how can you know? There's old saying, you don't know what you don't know. So how can teachers that don't know this stuff, you know, right. teach it? Like they they're the ones in the classroom. I, I joke with them, and and they say, like they're, they're the ones when I'm teaching or some one of my team members is up there speaking to them. They're the ones like taking the notes, and <laughs> they're the ones like the most in, into it. So it's a it's a flawed system. So you got to get educated on your own. You got to put surround yourself with the right people. When you're ready, take action, learn from your mistakes, and and you go from there. Yeah, the, some of the most successful people that I've run into have also made probably some of them made more. They would readily ad- admit that they've made more mistakes than the average person. Oh yeah, you have to. You have to. So. Well, I, this has been a great conversation. I, you know, I usually wrap things up with uh, rapid fire. If you're ready to tackle a few things, I'd be interested in some of your answers here. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so uh, the first one is, is that um, we have been inundated with a lot of re- real estate investing gurus. I'm going to be be pretty blunt with that. Even when I was little, I even remember turning on late night TV and, and being promised to get into real estate with no money down, you know, all of this, all of this stuff. But I need you to think back now, what is one real estate investing myth you, you would just love to bust? Ooh, which one real estate investing myth that I like to bust. It's quick money. That's quick money. Fast money. That's all I want to, I want to demystify that because it's not, you could get lucky. Anybody can get lucky when the market's doing well. We've seen the market do well for a, for a long time. You're going to start, you know, we're recording this at a, at a perfect time because you're going to start to see who's who and what's what in the next yeah. six to 12 months. Yeah. yeah. So it's not quick money. It's a long-term play. You Even if you made some money initially early on, great, good job. But it's a long-term play. That's the mindset you have to adopt. And if you, if you don't adopt that mindset, whatever something, whenever something shiny comes along, you're just going to go with that. You're going to get burned. And, and that's, that's what happens to everybody. So it's not fast money. It's not quick money. It's, it's long-term money. Yeah. Well, I can't echo that enough. That's, that's, that's excellent. I, I, uh, in fact, uh, it it was always painful when we'd have a, like a meetup, local meetup and the number of younger people that would come in seeing a couple episodes of HGTV or something and thinking that they can flip a house in a weekend or something. It, it, it happened more times than I, I, I dare to admit it was, it, it's never as easy as, as people think it is. Yeah. Those people are acting, right? It's uh there's a reason they're on TV. They're actors and some of them you can learn from and some of them you can, it's, but it's entertainment at the end of the day. The real stuff, the, the real stuff that's going on, you you don't hear about it, you don't see it. Either you're in it or you're not. 
and yeah. we're producing this, you know, in 30 minutes or 45 minutes. And it's, it's, we don't know each other. We're meeting each other for the first time, which is fantastic. I love it. But we, people don't see what you and I go through on a daily basis. And like we, like I just said, either you're in it or you're not. And if you're in it, you got to be in it for the long game. You got to play that game and it's a long-term play. And I can't, you said you can't stress it enough. I can't stress it enough either. And, and I would, I would be excited about that though. I, I would be excited. I mean, why would you want, why would you want to achieve everything in your twenties? What are you going to live for? Yeah. So, well, okay. Here's a, here's a, a caveat when it comes to the next question, you cannot say rich dad, poor dad. And I've already said your book. So, and then everybody would want, they can get a free copy of your ebook by going to your financial freedom club.ca slash ebook. So you can't say that book. What, what, what is one book you would recommend? Everybody needs to check out. Even if you didn't say, um, don't say rich dad, poor dad. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say rich dad, poor dad. Um, oh really? I, I wouldn't say. I'm it. just so tired of people saying that. That it just seems yeah. to be like the. It's an easy thing to say, right? Mm-hmm. If I had to pick one, there's so many, but. Well, you can say more than one if you need okay. to. I want to say two of them. Two. I'm deciding in my mind between two. So the first one is the first personal development book I was ever introduced to. It 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 helped me immensely in my life. Helped my relationship with my mom and all these different things around me. Relationship with my brother. Uh, just, just it, it started the journey on uh, towards personal development. So the first one is the Compound Effect by Darren Hardy, and the message is you probably have right it right there. Yep, I got yeah, it back here. Let's see it. There it is. There you go. So you know yep. what I'm talking about. So yeah, and you notice for the for the listeners and the viewers, you notice like we're like minded. Jack and I were in the same space. We're reading the same stuff, and that's what you got to get. You know, that's what you got to do. So compound effect in a nutshell, you know, simple choices, daily choices made, like I said, consistently every day, add up and they compound just like compound interest over time. And that kind of gets you in that mindset of of the long-term play. And then um, success is not a big jump from here to there. They're little tiny steps along the way. And number two, the book, the second book, which was, I found phenomenal. And I'm actually looking forward to reading it again but I'm reading some other books now is a uh, 10 X by Grant Cardone. I, I love yeah, that. That's yeah, a good it, book too. It, spoke to, it just spoke to me when I was reading it. And uh, he said he wrote it during uh, the recession. I think the 2008 recession. And he said, that's when he wrote it. And he said he wrote it to get himself out of the, the recession. I, I think he meant like just mindset. And it's, it's, I am, I love that book. Yeah. Great, great choices. Yeah. So what is the best piece of business advice you've ever received the best piece of business advice i've ever received just don't bullshit people <laughs> don't bullshit people. man i love you answered it that way that's awesome yeah but i don't want to sugarcoat it um i don't like to curse or anything like that but just don't bullshit people you don't know something hey jack i don't know i'm gonna find out for you don't just leave it at i don't know i don't know but i'm gonna get you an answer i'm gonna find out sale i think it's i think car salesmen have have it the worst in terms of, you know, from what people think about them. And then I think real estate agents is like number two are very close to that. And that's not a good thing for our industry. And part of that is because we have too many salespeople. You're not here to sell anything. You're here to guide people to where they want to go. And there's no need to bullshit. And you know, what's funny, 
the people that are experienced that have been in the game for a long time, they have that long-term mindset. They can actually see through it. They know when you're doing that to them. So just don't do that. Just plain and simple. Yeah. Don't even bother doing it. Yeah. Okay. So what is the worst piece of business advice you've ever received? It kind of goes hand in hand with the best piece of advice. And the worst piece of advice was kind of, wasn't said to me. It was more shown to me through their action. And that was, I saw going back to that same mentor and, and he said to me, he didn't say it to me directly, but we were all in the room and it was basically along the lines of, you know, you like, you could, you could mislead this person and, and act unethically to that point. And, and, it, mm. and my brother and I, my brother and I walked out of that room and we looked at each other and we said never again. And that was the start of opening up our own thing. So well, you brought up your brother there. Do you, are you play, do you work a lot with family? Is he still involved? Yeah, he's a, he's dual licensed. He's a real estate broker, mortgage broker. He's an investor as well. Uh, he's younger than me. He's 27 years old. He's got a few properties under his belt already. He's doing, he's doing well. And yeah, he, he's, he works with us. He's, he's part of our team. Oh, that's neat. Yeah. So, well, this is, in the one last que- a couple last questions here. Um, if you could go back to your younger self, back in time, what is the one piece of advice you'd give yourself? Like, I, I don't like to, I don't like to say, you know, start sooner. Like, I like how early you want to start. I was nineteen, <laughs> yeah. like, and it, everything I've done has brought me to this point. But I'm always open to the idea of everything that I could have done could have brought me to a better point. Right. So a lot of people say, I don't regret anything because I'm here now. Well, Mm -hmm. what if you're here now could have been better. So one of the things I would say to myself though, is just, just be, just bet on yourself. Just, just keep going, bet on yourself. Cause I left a lot of money on the table. I passed up on a lot of amazing opportunities because of just not betting on myself, not being confident in my own abilities and, and in myself and knowing what I know and, and the path I was on. So just, just bet on yourself and, know your worth. Sure. No, I really appreciate it. One more time, head over to financialfreedomclub.ca slash ebook. Matthew will show it one more time. There it is. There it is. And just a cool cool note about this book, um, Jack, like it's actually co-authored with Kevin Harrington, one of the original sharks from Shark Tank and Robert G. Allen who's really big in the States with real estate investing. And then there's a bunch of other authors in there as well. It's a bestseller. So happy to give you the ebook version for free for your audience. And because you're allowing us to come on your show here. And I really appreciate that. And um, if anybody wants to connect with us, I I know you can make it happen. That's something you like to do to give back to others, which you told me at the start of the show. So I really appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. And and just to end things, one one final word for you, Matthew. Is there a question or concept you wish we would have covered here today? I, I I was expecting a different conversation, and I feel like you you asked all the right questions. To be very honest with you, it it seems like a they were the right questions to ask. Um, maybe one question that that I would love to answer is, what do you think is going to happen in the market? Yeah, everybody has an opinion there, huh? What what do you think is going to happen? If you look just prior to the rising interest rates, if you look prior to that, the world was facing a supply issue. And that hasn't gone away just because the rates have gone up and some buyers are sidelined 
and some people are waiting to see what's going to happen. That that hasn't gone away. The supply issue is still there. And I think what's going to happen, housing has actually become more unaffordable here in Canada because of the cost of borrowing increasing. Mm-hmm. So for anybody waiting on the sideline, depending where you are, like if you're waiting, it's probably becoming more and more expensive, even if you're seeing a, a price reductions happening it's probably becoming more and more expensive for you. So I think what's going to happen in the short term, short term could be 18 months, depends what happens with, you know, the recession we're probably going to go through soon. We're probably already in it. Um, I think what's going to happen is real estate's going to come back in a really big way. In the short term, one thing you could count on, it's already happening. And people have been talking about this for a long time is rents are going to skyrocket and yeah. rents are skyrocketing year over year in Toronto alone. Uh, your rents are up 20%. So yep. that's going to continue well, to be Well, I got to admit, this was like the first time in, in, since I've had rental properties where, you know, when you have people in, you, you do a nuisance increase here and there. You know, we call them a nuisance increase, just a little, little bump here because you want to maintain your, your residence. But this is the first time I've done in a while where we, I, with, with some of our expenses, we had to go more than a, the normal bump like recently. Yeah. And, and that's, that's, I think that's the right way to go about it because it trickles down. If, if you mm-hmm. as that's, see, it's, it's just numbers, right? Like as a landlord, if your cost of borrowing is going up, if your maintenance, your property taxes, your, your costs are going up. Why should you pay for that? Why mm-hmm. would you, it's an, it's a business, it's an investment. you got to treat it as such. And so we have rent control, strict rent control guidelines here where you can't even they, they they offered us the ability to raise rents in 2023 by 2.5%. And everybody's like, that's, that's too high. That's crazy. Meanwhile, our inflation is way higher than that. So, oh, yeah. but, but newly built properties don't fall under that after 2019. So th- those are always, you know, great to have in your portfolio, but that's happening and that's going to continue to happen. Mm-hmm. Are you noticing yeah, and, and- your tenants? Like we we're finding like, high quality people are renting same here we're that's and it's uh housing i I actually think the rentals are as soon as i have anything open i i it's i got i got a waiting list frankly on on some of the properties that i have right now yeah that's amazing that's amazing we we've been we've been leasing properties out for some of our investors in a newer building we just we're closing now um every week every week and there's showings every single week um, taking place. And the people that are coming are triple A tenants, triple A tenants that if, you know, if I was their age and like 23, 24, and they have a job, you know, they have a, uh, not an entry position, a little bit higher up at Deloitte or KPMG or these, you know, large companies, credit scores over 700 triple A and they're renting and they're renting and, and you never know why people rent. You know, sometimes they want to try it out. They want to live on their own for a bit. They want to, they got a divorce. They sold their house. They got, for whatever reason, people got to rent. Um, they just can't qualify for a mortgage. So you, for your listeners, your viewers, you guys want to position yourselves for this. Get ready because pretty soon there's going to be a lot of people that can't afford real estate. And this is when the wealthy get wealthier because they're the ones that are going to be scooping up all these real estate deals that are on a, that are priced at a discount. Even if the cost of borrowing is high, they're still going to jump into it because they know when those rates come down, bonus, you're going to make even more money down the road. Long-term play. 
Yep. Well, last time, let's look at history. You mentioned history before. The last downturn, we had more millionaires come out of that downturn than any time in history. We're going to break that record again. So, and if you're not in it right now, <laughs> you're going to miss out on it. I mean, it, get in. Yeah. Get in. Get in. So, well, I really appreciate it, Matthew. You're welcome back anytime. I hope you'll take me up on that. One more time, head over to financialfreedomclub.ca slash ebook, and I'll make sure to include that link in the show notes. Thanks again, Matthew. Thank you, Jack. Appreciate it. I'll be back. If you'll have me, I'll be back. Oh, absolutely. If you learned at least one actionable step to incorporate into your real estate investing, if so, please consider returning some of that value by leaving a positive review, subscribing to our YouTube channel, or joining our growing network on Facebook and Twitter. You can find links to all of our social media accounts in the show notes. See you next time.